Somewhere here. Okay. You know what I mean? Is that good? Yeah, I mean okay. you can push it down, pull it in, whatever. There there are times Ooh. when <laughs> so fancy. I'm trying to, get a, I'm trying to help trying a to school get a podcast going. Yeah. So nobody's nobody's bit yet. So yeah, wherever it's there comfy. We, we have Oh. These are I may have to end up getting new arms. These are cheap arms with expensive mics. Yeah, that Sometimes that happens. Oh. So push it up a little bit. There we go. I'll just let it. Let it be itself. Yeah, I'll just let it be itself. I like it. Yeah. And then you got headphones. Okay. <clears throat> it makes a difference because you can. It kind of puts you in a, another world. It's what really if, What if I freak out when I put the headphones on? Are you gonna freak out? I was a little nervous about that. Why? Because it's it's weird. What's weird about it? Like I feel like I'm. I don't know. Ever, here, hold on. Let me take this off. You ever get on the trail? And you feel like you're just in another. Yes. That's yeah. what happens when, and you'll hear it here in a second when you okay. put the headphones on. You'll, you'll all. No matter which one's right or left. No, I always okay. put the cord closer to the, you know, the wall, just because, you know. Whoops! <clears throat> Sorry. Is there a way to make him go up and? Oh, there mm -hmm. we go. Whoops! Uh oh, did I just break it? No, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty. Also, like for some reason today, while I was talking with my students about doing this, I got so anxious. Really? I was like, um, I'm super nervous about this, and I don't really know why. Like we've known each other forever, so it's kind of dumb. Uh, I was downstairs talking to Jennifer, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna ask. I've got like three talking points I want to make sure I hit. You okay. See that difference? Yeah. When it's here and cool. over here. And, yeah. Is that good? That's perfect. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You're right where you need to be. And then if I need to do anything. Also, I'm super asthmatic, so I'm sorry. Sometimes you're going to hear my wheezing. <clears throat> yeah, same. It's from running. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually have a um, an inhaler mm -hmm. because I, I claim I have sports-induced. I have. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. My hopes are that I can take it with me to this 5K this weekend. Yeah. And, and hit it and not have any breathing issues. Nice. <laughs> Halfway through. I forgot you were doing that. That's Oh, my cool. God. I wish I forgot I was doing that. <laughs> I actually I feel really good about it. Uh, I'm just struggling to get the time I want to get to. Is that the one that's here in Hartford? No, it's okay. up in Fort Wayne. It's called the uh, the Hot Cider Hustle. Yep. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. So a couple former students are running, too. Fun. Uh, Dalton Willman and Jake Ross. Okay. And they were both eighth graders, my first year teaching eighth grade. And so I'm, I'm super pumped about them them going out with me. Cool. Well, they're not going with me. Right. They're, they're going to be gone. Yeah. Dalton's running like the 10K. Jennifer and Jocelyn are running too. Cool. So I think they're going to run together. Jocelyn may end up running with me. I'm not sure what she's doing. She's Her and I are pretty close uh, on our time, yeah. on our on our pace. So. I was hoping to get a 33 minute. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think I'll die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've got to 35 and a half. That's where I've. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have that goal. Yeah. And I wanted to be a sub 10 uh, or a sub 11. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I'll like get on my treadmill and pump it up all the way and make myself run as fast as I can for like a half or a quarter mile. Yeah. Just so I can teach my legs to run faster. Yeah. They don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to. I've, I've decided a long time ago that the only people that run are the people that are worried about me shoving them down when we're chased by a bear. Yeah. And so 
I've always told students I don't run. And if we have to run, it's because there's a bear. And yeah. just know that I will shove you down. Yeah. Um, they always appreciated that. Did you see the thing the National Parks posted, I don't know, maybe about a month ago that said, always make sure you go camping with your slower friends? <laughs> I, was like, so <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. Who do I have that's slower than me? <laughs> Nobody. Just Great. one person. There's got to be one person out there. Right? Just find the person camping next to you. Right. You know, they're in a sleeping bag. Yep. Zip them all the way up. You know, yep. hey, see ya. Absolutely. All right. You ready? I am so ready. So um, with all that done, <clears throat> tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'm Corby Robertson, and I teach at Burris Laboratory School, and I teach English, um, high school, middle school, teach dual credit. That's sort of who I am at the moment. <laughs> That's the most current iteration how of many, me. How many preps is that? That sounded like three or four. So actually I have fewer preps this year than I've had in a while. Um, it's one, So our middle school program is different. Um, it's science, social studies, language arts all together. And it's a three-hour block. And So is it a team teach? It, Sort of. Um, it started out that way. Uh, it's it's kind of brand new. It's This is our third year. So it's had a whole bunch of different iterations, I guess, maybe. And this year, we're kind of doing things on our own or team teaching. So currently, I'm teaching with a science teacher and a music teacher. And we start out with eighth grade. And we have a big overarching topic called metacognition. That's ours this time. So we had eighth grade first, and now we have seventh grade. Okay. Um, they're nine-week, no, five-week units. And so, like, today I had all the kids, all this, my 20 kids in my room the whole time. On, like, Wednesdays, we trade. So they'll be in my room for a little bit. Then they'll go to the science teacher's room. Then they'll go to the music teacher's room. But we're really free and open to like do whatever we want during those, we, we call them switch days because we were like, we don't know what else to call them. Right. So like last week, um, I taught about essay writing and about uh, like body paragraphs, how to put, like make an academic essay body paragraph with like a topic sentence and gotcha. like all that kind of, you know, yeah, all I that like stuff, it. all that writing stuff. And then the science teacher taught mm -hmm. about right and left brain and then how that works and like which one drives you depending on which one, you know, you, you most use. And then um, our music teacher is actually brand new. This is her first year. She's fabulous. And she has, like, such varied interests. So, like, last week she taught about D.B. Cooper. That's interesting. And about, like she had the kids pick, like, who they think he might be now because they never caught him. Right. So a lot of people have theories about who he is in culture now. Did anybody say dead? Well, no. Oh, interesting, because no. that would have probably been my answer in eighth grade. I'd have been, like, doing the math. Yeah. I mean, like, well, D.B. Cooper's dead, you know, whoever yeah. he was. He's... Yeah, so so they picked, because of the theme is metacognition, she was like, you have to pick which of these people you think he might have been, and you have to prove it. And then um, this week she's teaching about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, my gosh. Because we're reading a book that's set in Michigan, and so, like, Lake Superior. And, yeah, you know. that's really cool. Yeah. So lots of cool interest. She taught the kids how to, like, I'm kind of like in awe of her because it's her first year and she's like just doing so like classic, like she's amazing. 
So she taught the kids like car maintenance because she works in an auto shop. <laughs> so they like, they, 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 we had like all these faculty cars. They checked the oil, um, the coolant, the tire pressure, the tire tread depth, found the spare tire, made sure the spare tire was good, in good shape. Check the date of the tires to make sure nobody's like the rubber on the tires wasn't getting like Weather, sketchy yeah. or it was amazing. It That's was so cool. Really cool. So. Where where is she coming from? So this is her first year teaching, not she first went year to Ball, school. Yeah. So she went to Ball State. Wow. Um she was a student teacher at our school last year and then now she's here this year, so she, she just, feels comfortable. Yeah, you know she was there last year. I mean, th- yeah. That's that's such a big difference when yeah when you come in and you're already comfortable in, in the setting and with the people and yeah. kind of have that that idea. It's almost like being a second year teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So super cool. Yeah. So how many students does Burris have now, high school wise? I think oh high school. You know the whole school has like about eight hundred. I think. Okay. So there's about six fifty to sixty per class. Okay. So, so it's not, it hasn't grown like I thought it had. Mm-mm. No, Not really. Do they include the, um, is it Indiana? The Academy? Indiana Academy. So we're in the same building, two separate schools. Okay. But I also teach there one class. Okay. So when I was, when we were trying to get together, that was why it was so difficult because I actually have an overload at Burris. So I don't have a prep. And then I have an academy class. So I have like a double overload. So that's fun. Yeah. You get paid for that. I do. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I'm like, oh man, this is, fortunately I've taught all the classes before. So it's not like my first time teaching any of them. So. How long have you been teaching? So teaching in a public school, this is my 13th year. Um, But I tell the kids all the time that I have literally been working with students since my junior year of high school because I was I worked in the children's section at the library during high school my junior and senior year I remember that um and then I coached middle school swimming while I was in college I was an L-Ed major in college um and then I taught school and then I was a youth pastor and then like there was a small piece where I was teaching college students as a grad assistant but then I went right back to middle school and then high school. And then I worked at, when I worked at Apple, I did, um, cause I worked I at Apple. I forgot you worked oh, at Apple. I'm sorry. I worked at the fruit stand. I'm not supposed oh, to say that... I worked at Apple. Oh. I worked at the fruit stand is what we call is that it. What it oh, okay. Yeah. I like um, it. So if you ever hear somebody say they worked at the fruit stand, they're probably an <laughs> Apple employee. Um, okay. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, cause make... when you work there, you can't say you work there. Um, and you're not allowed to wear your shirt anywhere out in public. Uh, because they're like, it's the just whole a culture. Whole, yeah. Um, but I did all the camps, like they do summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I helped with all of those. And then I also helped with all the field trips and stuff. So like I've quite, I mean, since we graduated in 92, since 1990, yeah. I've been working in some capacity with wow. kids. So graduated from Ball State. Yep. Ball State with my bachelor's degree. Yep. Okay. And that's an LED? Yes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you end up in, and I knew you were junior high for quite some yeah. time and yeah. now you're kind of a blend of junior high and high school. Yeah. How does that come about? Well, so. I asked that because my degree is LED. I, I, when I heard that on your, uh, on a previous podcast, I was like, oh, I didn't know that we had that in common. Cause yeah. I know we both love middle schoolers. I do. Like uh, middle school is the jam. Eighth grade, best grade ever. Uh, <laughs> 
best grade ever. I always hated it when the seventh graders would be like, seventh grade's best. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm, absolutely not. You're not. It just, you're just not. I go, you, you will be next year. That's right. You will be. <laughs> You will be when yep. you get there. Yep. And I always told them openly, uh, and, and I think I've said this before, I would have um, class meetings about every three weeks yeah. with with each grade level at Oak Hill. And I would tell the eighth grade, I love you guys. Yep. I love you guys. You guys are my favorite class. I love eighth graders. I, love my, I loved eighth grade when I was an eighth grader. I just didn't know it. I didn't know it until <clears throat> like 30 years later when I got to be with you guys every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, actually, that is kind of how it was. I mean, we all yeah. had a terrible uh, junior high experience. In fact, that's what I said in my interview over there. Uh, they had an interview panel where I interviewed with teachers. I interviewed with parents and I interviewed with administrators. Nice. And it was 30, 30, 30. So you had 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Man, it was a gauntlet. Yeah. So you go in with teachers and I, I got to do my thing there and I've sit down with parents and the parents, I felt like, um, I was probably the most relaxed because I, I think there's always, for me anyway, and I think everybody goes through it. I always had imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where I thought I'm looking across at some seasoned vets and I, I have so much respect for all teachers and, and I'm looking at language arts teachers, math teachers and in science teachers. And I'm like, I was a social studies teacher, man. Yeah. I am, I am not even on the same level in my head. Right. Yeah. yeah, I get it. And, but I, I never felt that way. You know, I I knew what my role was as a social studies teacher and I killed it in in the classroom, but you know, going into the the parents, I knew how to talk to them uh, because I'm a parent. So it was very easy. And so they're asking me why junior high and you know, why Oak Hill junior high? And I said, I'll just be honest. I said, I think all of us, had a terrible junior high experience, except maybe you. There was a guy in the room that was like six eight. I said you were probably dunking a basketball, the most popular guy, because you were the star of the basketball team. Right. I wasn't, and all the guys that I ran around with in eighth grade dropped out of high school at some point. So I want to make sure your kids have the best junior high experience that any of us could ever imagine. And when they look back on it at their 15, 20 year reunion, they go dang it, man, we had a great junior high experience where I don't know that a lot of us can say that, you know, we're just so awkward and, uh, just strange crap going on as we're in that dawn of social awareness and zits. Well, I had zits and, you know, hair growing. Oh man, I had a boy who was so embarrassed as a seventh grader. He was the biggest kid in class. And he was so embarrassed because he's the only kid that had hair on his legs. Yeah. I was like, what? What's got you so upset? And he was like, I'm the only boy with hair on my legs. I'm like, oh, my God. That's I never, yeah. never would have thought that for him. Yeah. Never would have thought that for him. And, and every kid is going through a different phase. You know, you've got the, the seventh grader that's seven foot tall. <laughs> right. Six yeah. foot, 220 pounds. And his best buddy has yet to hit a growth spurt. Yep. And he's four, eight, 72 pounds soaking wet. And they're best pals. Yeah. And he's looking at his buddy like, dang it, man, how'd that happen? And he's looking at his little buddy going, ah, oh, God. 
I don't have clothes. <laughs> right. And it hurts. And, yeah. you know, and I wish I was still there because everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I'm the awkward kid that everybody stares at and yep. talks about and whether they're talking about them or not, that, you know, that egocentric thing going on. And, uh, just, I, I love junior high and, yeah. and I, I got to see you in action when I went over to, to Highland and, and was, uh, floating around with Stecker and, yeah. and, uh, I was like, oh, she loves what she's doing. It's yeah. clear. You can just see it. Yeah, I do. I love, I also love sophomores. Okay. Because I feel like sophomores are like the middle schoolers of high school. That's interesting. Like, are they the eighth graders of high school? They are. Because the thing that I love about I eighth graders. I can't picture being seventh graders. That would be no, the freshman. that's fresh. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love eighth graders. No, no, no to the freshman. No to the freshman. <laughs> because, so the thing that's great about eighth grade is they're starting to make some big decisions Mm -hmm. about high school like they're at a spot where they feel really grown up they've made it through sixth grade and seventh grade they feel grown up they sort of are looking at high school like okay this is what I got to do to be good in high school like I gotta like grade wise sports wise social wise like I think I know what I want from that mm -hmm. they turn into freshmen and it's like they've lost their minds for a minute their sophomore year they they're looking at their junior year which is typically the most difficult year because mm -hmm. you have like all those AP classes, well, like star sure. starting and you're not used to it. And so sophomores are like, okay, I got to start thinking about being real serious because the next two years matter for college or whatever I'm going to do in the future. Yeah. Like, you know, at, at Burris, we have a lot of kids to go to Mac to do like mechanics, mm -hmm. welding, and those are two year programs. So they have to like make that decision their sophomore year. So like, I feel like it's like a, a similar developmental spot mm -hmm. where they're like, I got to be serious about what's coming. Yeah. So. I never looked yeah. at it that way, but I, I was never yeah. at the high school level either. Yeah. I, always sixth grade to eighth grade. Yeah. Always. Well, I had fifth graders when I was at Madison. We had fifth through eighth there. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting mm -hmm. to see that growth mode from. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Grader. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool to watch. And then that kid that comes back where you're like, who's the new kid? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. And then <laughs> Mr. Schick. And I'm like, Hey buddy, how are you, man? And, and then like, you're like, okay, look at my roster. Who, who is, is this kid? Who, who is, is this kid? kid? <laughs> he doesn't look anything like he did last year. Right? When did he grow a mustache? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I feel you on that. Well, speaking of, of uh, junior high and, and decisions and making, uh, you know, the dawn of social awareness, yeah. you know, I've got an opportunity here to help some people yeah. and that's what my podcast is all about is, um, ordinary people live in extraordinary lives. And, um, one of the things I was, I was looking at earlier, um, I, I was like, Jennifer, how do I, how do I ask Corby about her sexuality? How do I ask her about yeah. being a teacher, uh, and, and being part of the, the LGBTQ Plus community, I think I got it all. And There's I know a lot of yeah. It changes on a daily basis, and I, yeah. I apologize. It's all right. It's hard to keep up, and uh, it's one of the things I talked to my brother about too. I'm like, how do I, how do I keep up with what's going on? And and you know, it's almost like um, counterculture in yeah. a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had a guy in here the other day, and we were. I was talking to him. He grew up in a family that were bikers. Okay. And back in the 
early 80s, 70s, 80s, bikers were yeah. counterculture. Yeah. You know, you don't get to be counterculture when um, Sons of Anarchy is one of the most popular TV shows on anymore. Yeah. You're no longer counterculture when doctors and lawyers yeah. are bikers. and But counterculture still does exist in, uh, in the gay and lesbian community, and um, it has yeah. forever. And there are doctors and lawyers and people walking right down the street next to you that you have no idea what's going on with them. And, um, it's not something where, um, you know, here's what's interesting. And I'm going to put it out there this way. I don't, Jennifer and I are, are married, but we don't talk about our sexuality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I almost wonder if it's because it's the default. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would I would argue that you're 100% right because, I mean, if you, like a lot of studies have been done about, like if you ask somebody to visualize a person, they're going to, and they're going to visualize somebody like themselves or like the majority. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think like when you're thinking about, when you're thinking about LGBTQ plus people or the queer community, like you're thinking about people who constantly have to self-identify, which hopefully that'll go away. Yeah. Like, I mean, my hope is that people never have to come out. Yeah. Like, they'll, we'll get to a point where people just exist and they don't have to tell everybody, like, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's maybe the part of me that it's like, why, why are we so insistent yeah. on making making that public? Yeah. Not because I want someone to yeah. live in the closet. You know, uh, my brother yeah. um, came out in 2004, I think it was. No, it was before that. I, we were 28, so yeah. uh, 2002. Okay. And I remember him coming out to me, and I'll let Joe tell his story when he comes here, but I remember how that was. And, you know, one of my thoughts was uh, when we were, when I was prepping for today, how does, how does that Has that changed? Has that changed for this next generation? Because I'm almost thinking of it as generational. There's the pioneers. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, oh gosh, I can't, Jocelyn's going to be so mad at me because she did a study on the, the, uh, uh, oh gosh, man. Stonewall? Stonewall. That's it. I was like, there's a wall and there's, (laughs) there's a tavern and they had some people. Harvey Milk or something. Yeah. Yeah. He fits in somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Harvey Milk, first gay mayor in San Francisco, yeah, I believe. Uh, I can, yeah, makes I, sense to me. I, I could be wrong. I'm connecting dots. Um, but is that your, uh, I, I want to ask your out story. Yeah. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, 100%. Because my concern is that if I, if I don't ask, yeah. Then it's going to be like, oh, Schick was afraid to ask. And it's not a fear of asking. It's yeah. how the hell do you ask that question? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like that. Just go, hey, tell me uh, your coming out story. Tell me your out story. So here's the thing that I, I want to say first is I would love it if we could get to a point where people didn't have to come out about anything. Same. Like, it would be great. What's the... But I feel like because teachers still ask their students, who's your boyfriend? Uh it's the like, default. First off, it's not your business because right. you're their teacher. Right. Second off, who are you dating? Right. Some, like, just change it. Yeah. Who are you dating? Yeah. If, you, if you're a teacher that you have that relationship with your student and you're talking about it, like, probably if you are that teacher, you're not going to have to ask because they're going to tell you. Yeah. But 
like all of those defaults like I mean I think the big sort of it's not new obviously um but sort of the the newest hurdle to tackle is is gender identification and gender expression and and stuff like that because I feel like we're at a point where a lot of times people will assume a broad band of sexualities but there's still everything is male and female mm-hmm. like our Washington DC paperwork um we just filled it out i just filled mine out and I identify as female, but I also use they, them pronouns sometimes. So I don't really, like, I don't really think about that a lot, but I'm open to whatever, really. Yeah. So I'm filling out the paperwork and we have probably five or six non-binary students in our eighth grade. I'm filling out the paperwork and it gets to the thing for rooms. Well, for, um, it asks what gender and the only choices are male and female. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is it says um, TSA requires that you put on their paperwork whatever is on your identification. Well, we're not flying, so that's a moot point. Right. And we know our kids and we know who they're going to room with. So, like, there's no point in our paperwork to know what their gender is. Is this internal? This is No, it's through our tour company. And so I was like, hmm, this is really interesting. Um, cause that's kind of like, I feel like that's sort of like the new hurdle. Um, and it's not new, of course, for people who identify as trans or non-binary, that's not a new hurdle for them, mm-hmm. but for broader culture, I think it's something we need to start thinking about, um, like, in the same way that we're thinking about like who's coming out when and where and how all that's working. Right. So oh, I, th- I think the, there are two separate things going on there. Um, there is minors. Mm-hmm. that are coming out and how's yeah. that look and yeah. you know there's uh, i think they just passed a oh man it's rough it's the worst there's there's part of it where um i was always conflicted yeah. because if i have a student that's that's demanding or just asking not maybe yeah. not necessarily demanding um that they be called by a, a name that doesn't fit their their you know birth gender yeah I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah. Because how many nicknames? Yeah, hundred percent. We throw around and without asking a question, hey, there's Smithy or Smitty yeah. or hey, Jonesy or you know, hey, they're Rock, you know, yeah. whatever. We don't even question it. Yeah. Hey, Shicky, you know, yeah. Razor, whatever. Yeah. Not even a question, but if it has to do with what someone else is yep. telling us, oh, I can't. I never had an issue with it. Yeah. Um. But I, the issue I did have was not informing parents. Yeah. And I think that was addressed there. That yeah. We're talking about minors. And, you know, even even as, you know, uh, what is El Loco Parenthus, uh, you know, we're, we're acting in, yeah. you know, in substitution as a parent, as educators, it's still not my kid. And I think, though, the problem with that is, and, and I, I totally understand what you're saying as far as that goes. But I think the problem with that is if the student felt comfortable telling their parent, they would. Like, I think we're, uh, the new law, I think is putting students in grave danger of having suicidal thoughts because 
the highest percentage of children who commit sure. suicide are trans students. Yep. Trans children at like a, I don't know, it's like a 9% higher or nine times higher rate than any other group of kids. And so having one trusted adult that they can be completely open with actually decreases the suicide rate by like four times or something. I mean, it's like, which is where the conflict is for me. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got, we got to get, I got to make sure I'm, I'm respecting the adults in their lives that that are their first teacher. And you know, why, I know there were things I didn't want to tell my parents. I didn't want to tell my parents yeah. I've got my ear pierced. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I was afraid my dad was going to kill me. Yeah. And he didn't. You know, yeah. clearly, I'm here. My ear's still pierced. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll find an earring, clean it up, and put it in there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Always, yeah. I never told Jennifer when I'd find earrings at school, and I'd clean them up and put them in my ear. <laughs> and she'd be like, she's going to hear this and go, we're going to be in the car, and it's going to be I knew you did. <laughs> right? Because nothing escapes. It's, nothing escapes our wives. They listen, notice man, everything. I'm just a big junior high everything. kid loaded into a 50-year-old yep. body. And... I just said that at school today. <laughs> I just said that because somebody made a joke. And I was like, oh, one of my kids said, I think we're supposed to read up to page 69 today. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> I go, huh, huh. that's exactly what I did. I was like, huh, huh. <laughs> so then I had to tell him about when I was in... Karen Cope's chemistry class. And the person in front of me, who I'm not going to say who it was, but he sat in front of me. And that was when everybody would, like, somebody would say something that everybody would go, 69. Do you remember that? Yeah. So the person in front of me did that. And Mrs. Cope thought it was me. Oh, God. And she was like, Corby. And I was like, it wasn't me. And she's like, you can stay after class. And I was like, it wasn't me. It was this kid. So, yeah. It may have been me. If it was me, it you can tell me. It wasn't. I thought Mrs. I thought she hated me. Uh, I, I yeah, it wasn't sure. you. Okay. It wasn't you. It, it was fine. It easily could have been. Yeah, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah. I know I was a scholar. but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think the thing about, to go back to what we were talking about, I think the thing about it um, that I think is really important is that that I think, I feel like for me, my students deserve a space to, to figure out who they are without me reporting back to their parent all the time. Cause I, I wish I would have had a space like that. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways when I was in middle school, cause there's a lot that happened to me and that I did in middle school that I think I wouldn't, that wouldn't have had I had a space to kind of figure myself out in a different way. Um, and I think too, the difference between being afraid to tell your dad about your ear piercing sure, is that that isn't, and I'm not minimizing that because I know the terror of trying no. to tell your parents something <laughs> like that too. Like when I first got my nose pierced, oh, I was, uh, I was out of high school. Yeah, I'm like in college and I got my nose pierced and my mom freaked out. So I get that. But I think the difference is like, it's, it's an intrinsic piece of who you are. Sure. And there are kids who are abused every day by their parents because of their gender identification or sexuality. Um, and, and I think, I think I, that that's a place where I want to make sure that I am protecting that child and giving them that space and keeping them alive. How active are your counselors? Very. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They're very good. Good. Do Um, they take that out of your guys' hands and, 
So the way the new law is, no, but yes. Okay. So like, for example, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this new law about names, but you have, if a student tells you they want to go by a different name, even if it's a nickname. So like Matthew wants to go by Matt. Yep. You have five days to tell their parent. One parent. Yes. In writing. Yes. And if you don't, then it's a whole thing. And like, yeah. so it's Can you really... imagine being that parent that, hey, um, and yeah. here's where I'm at. Matthew would uh, just want to let you know. We have a list. Matthew chose to be called Matt. Yeah. So. So I have a kid who, um, I have a kid who goes by a shortened version of his last name. Called him that. I've had him in class for two years now. Called him that the whole time. I had to email his mom and be like, could you like make it so I can call your kid what I call your kid? So does it require permission? Yeah. It does? Yeah. I'm going to read it, all right? Because I actually, I pulled it up because yeah. I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And, and. Yeah, according to Ball State Legal, we have to have the parent tell us what they want their child. We had to have, so like my goddaughter, for example, I'll talk about her. Um, her name is Isabella. She goes by Izzy. Ever since she was born, I've called her Iz. Yeah. Her mom is our principal. Her mom had to put in the paperwork, according to Ball State Legal, that I could call her Iz because that's what I've called her. So, like, yeah. I'm going to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. um, So this is from uh, Fox 59, and this is the Indiana governor signs a bill regarding gender gender identity in schools and the ACLU shares their concerns. And this was on May 4th. Mm-hmm. So this is right at the end of the school year, yep. uh, which is why it would have escaped my mind because I knew I was on the way out. And yeah. uh, I was probably praising God at that point to, as a principal. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, lo- like logistically, it's a shit show. It really is. There's no other way to describe it. I'm just going to read it. Uh, I think it'd be easier than trying to paraphrase it. The ACLU is expressing concerns over a bill um, signed into all Thursday by Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, which says would out transgender students, true, and ban conversations about LGBTQ families in schools. So House Bill 1608, dubbed the Education Matters Bill, requires that no educator or third party may teach human sexuality to any huge Hoosiers in pre-kindergarten through third grade. And we'll touch on that in a minute too, because I want to ask you about that as well. Cause, uh, very similar conflicting thoughts there. Uh, the more contentious part of the bill involves student pronouns and whether schools are required to inform parents of a student's change in pronouns. So it requires a school to notify in writing at least one parent of a student if the student is an unemancipated minor of a request made by the student to change the student's name or pronoun title or words to identify the student. It, the supporters say it's intended to make sure parents are in charge of discussions on sensitive topics with their children. I support that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, but what I think is we're, we're in agreement here is that student that does not have support at home and whether it's one or a hundred out of a hundred, one is enough. Yeah. To where I I I am. I I had that's where my conflict comes in. Yeah. Because we will. I have had that student. You've had that student that does not have that support at home. And when I've made that call because I've made that call. Yeah. And I talk to that parent and they say, 
no, that is not her name. Yeah. She is not a boy. She has a vagina. Yeah. She is a girl. And they've sat in my office and had that discussion while the girl sits there and is totally getting bulldozed by grandma and mom. Yeah. And the girl is just in in a no-win situation because I, and I've talked about this before where kids are out of, con- they are in, and they have very little control over yeah. their world. Yeah. And, uh, that's why I'm so glad you're here because I, I want to bring to light that there are, uh, students and children and, and humans, you know, adults as well that also live in this world. Yeah. Adults that live in this world that feel like they have no control over what's going on. And they, they have to live in hiding yeah. in wide open. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't want that for anyone. Yeah. Uh, I, one of my podcasts is called Being Authentic. You know, are you for real? Yeah. Are you for real? Can you be your full real self hiding in plain view? Yeah. No one can. Well, I think that's interesting, too, because every year, October 11th is National Coming Out Day. And I didn't know that. so, Yeah. And but so, I've never came out. So. I know, right? <laughs> right? Um, so it's National Coming Out Day. But it's really cool because over the past few years, it's evolved from people pressuring to come out to people going, okay, if you can't come out because of your job, if you can't come out because of, like, religious conflicts, if you can't come out for these reasons, like, I see you, and you're just as valid a member of the queer community as... Um, as anybody else like and so that's like a huge because I think you're exactly right so like I came out when I was 21 so I've been out longer than I've been in um I I and I just said this to a friend of mine last night we or a couple nights ago we were driving and I said you know I here's the thing about me like I can't imagine what my life would be like had I not just embraced who I was and been like, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be in every situation. Um, this is, this is just where I like, I can't not be this. Like I have to be this. Um, so that kind of goes back to the, to my coming out story. Um, and then kind of another thing. So, um, I think I knew at a pretty young age who I was, but I didn't have a name for it. And the only examples that we had in Hartford city were teachers that people made fun of and adults that people made fun of that lived in the community. Mm -hmm. Anybody that they thought was part of the LGBTQ plus community was somebody that there was a story about or that like, Oh, you know, that that PE teacher does that or that art teacher does that or that so-and-so does that or that like there's all that you know sort of weirdness about it so first off not many people I think um and I think this is why coming out is important because like they were just as creepy or just as weird or just as whatever real life stories happening in other people's lives that people didn't talk about but the teachers you're going to talk about are the ones that you assume are queer mm-hmm. or part of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, y- even if you have to make up a story, you're going to make it up about them. Um, and so it makes it, it paints in a really bad light. So, like, you have no, 
examples growing up like to look up to like everybody like representation is really important mm -hmm. seeing yourself in somebody else is really important and so i think i knew but i didn't want to be like those people and i think i there was already enough weird about me like i'm just an odd person i mean you know you've known me for a long time i'm just kind of strange like i like weird stuff yeah. and, and you're, you're, you are an individual uh, yeah i just am who i am like i'm into a lot of weird like Inter like things that people don't think about. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is or what, you know, whatever, which is fine. But I didn't want one more weird thing. Sure. And so I really wanted to be normal like everybody else. So um, when I was in middle school, I had a boyfriend. It was a horrible situation. Um, I don't talk about that a lot. He was a horrible person. Um, he probably still is a horrible person. I don't know. But I did it because... I wanted to be like everybody else. Everybody else had, you know, uh, opposite sex significant other, or they were by themselves, whatever. Right. But that, that was what I thought. So cool. So then I'm like, after that whole situation, like, I'm like, okay, I think I know who I am. And of course I, you know, you're, when you're in high school, you have crushes on people, whatever. Sure. Um, and I had crushes on some of the girls in our class, whatever. Um, I didn't ever do anything. I didn't ever talk about it, but I was like, oh, you know, what a, like kind of, you're, you know how, like you're a freshman, sophomore, you're kind of starting to notice people. And so. Well, listen, the boys had crushes on, so the straight boys had crushes on right? girls too in our class. Right. And we never talked about right? it. Right. Yeah, right? exactly. So that's what like, so it's, it's not it's like that the same, much different. Yeah, it's not. And so I'm then, sure there were boys in our class that had crushes on boys yes, in our class. And, and never, never talked about it. it. Yeah. So then I start dating James, as we all know, because he and I were together for a very long time. It was great. He was awesome, whatever. Uh, we broke up, and then I was like, okay, I don't think, like, I'm ever going to feel about another guy like I felt about him. And it was I was right. Um, because I finally realized when I was in college, I met this girl. So this is the dumbest story. So I had drawn, I had Chuck Taylors and, you know, I was started, yeah. started college as an art major. So I had decorated my Chuck Taylors with like, like acrylic paints and stuff. And on one of the toes of one of them, I had painted the Venus mirror, the women's symbol, you know, the circle with the little, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I'd painted that on there and she came up to me and she was like, Hey, I like your shoes. And I was like, okay, cool. She's like, um, I think that there's a club on campus that you might like to come to. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause like, I don't have any friends. I'm a commuter. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like, okay, I go. It is like 14 people. It was called the LBGSA at that point. Now it's spectrum. It's like a huge club on campus, but it was called the LBGSA lesbian, bisexual, gay student association. Okay. I'm from Hartford city. I have no idea this even exists. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh, who are these people? This is the coolest. And so then I'm like, oh, I think maybe this might be who I am. And then I was like, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is who I am. So I'm working on the grounds department with my buddy Harvey. He and I still talk about this because it's so funny. Um, so we're taking out the trash. We take it out to Heath Farm because that's where you have to throw it away. And we're standing there throwing bottles because we'd save all the bottles out from the party on the weekends and throw them oh, in the yeah. dumpster to break glass because it was fun. Yeah. And so we're breaking glass and we're standing there. And I said, hey, um, can I tell you something? I go, I've never said this out loud, but can I tell you something? And I go, I think I'm a lesbian. And he was like, well, no shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> How long had you known Harvey? Like 
I mean, we'd worked together for like a summer. That's so interesting. And he, but he was so like affirming. Yeah. To like, and he like, he was just a cool dude. He still is a cool dude. Yeah. Like, um, he's just really neat. And so like, we don't talk a lot anymore, but we're friends on Facebook. And so every once in a while, like on my birthday, cause that's when I came out to yeah. my parents, um, like on my birthday, I'll be like, thanks for helping me come out to my parents or whatever. And it's just good. But he was like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you're just figuring that out. And I'm like, no, I, th I think I've known for a while, but like, I probably need to tell my parents and you know, whatever. So then I did, it didn't go great. Um, and so that's part of what makes me like, my parents are pretty progressive and open-minded about a lot of things, but like, it was not great. When, um, when would this been? This was like 95? 95. July 22nd, 1995. Yeah. So um, my mom and dad both, like, I mean, my mom came around eventually, and she actually was quite the champion for LGBT kids in her classes and mm -hmm. stuff, which made me really happy. But getting there was really hard. Um, <clears throat> getting her there? Getting her there. Getting my parents to, to the place where they were okay. Um, and I attribute that to like, so this is what's so hard for me is my Christian faith is super important to me as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things about me that's, that's difficult to reconcile a lot is my faith and what a lot of people in the Christian faith say about LGBTQ people versus like me being LGBTQ and also Christian and like watching how that unfolds for some people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was a hard part for my parents was because, you know, we went to the Methodist church and the Methodist church just now has started trying right. to figure stuff out. And, you know, and, and so like that takes me to the second part of the story. So then after that happened, go through college and then in like 98, 99, I start thinking, maybe I don't really want to teach. Maybe I feel like I'm maybe supposed to be a pastor. And so I went to seminary at Anderson University, super conservative seminary. I basically, in all effects, went back into the closet and essentially was like, okay, I renounced that lifestyle, that lifestyle. That's air quotes. Uh, I like how you say that all the time, air quotes. <laughs> can't see so, them, right? You can't see them, but they're here. So like I renounced that lifestyle and then, you know, I had a really hard time when I first got out of seminary and I was in ministry, like trying to, trying to figure out how to, how to be a pastor. Well, I was also like renouncing a whole part of who I am because, you know, I, I believe when Genesis says we're made in the image of God and I think I think that my image of God is who I am. And so it's really, it was really hard for me to do that. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was actually at the expense of somebody in our class. Um, I don't want to say too much about that, but um, I really made a decision that I wish I never would have made and I could go back and take back um, because I feel like I hurt her in a way that I could never repair um, theologically. Um, I, I, like, I just made a bad decision to try to save my own, like in the closetness. Um, but then like, 
like I couldn't sustain that. I couldn't sustain like trading one part of who I am for another part. Yeah, because so I, I just want to interject. Yeah, you've you've come out once, twice. Yeah. Now you're back in. Yeah. And you know, so I, I want to reverse just a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I got no, I got a little okay. rambly there. No, I like I'm okay with it. Um, because I kind of keep I I keep little personal post its in my head. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back. You talked a little bit about junior high and starting mm-hmm. to have, you know, a realization of, I'm not so sure that, yeah. that I'm straight and, and maybe I am a lesbian, but you don't have a name for it at that yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd heard that term before, yeah, but it wasn't like we had, you know, lots of people. Yeah. And I don't know that many have people in their lives now. That are you know, open and yeah. yeah. I mean, there there are people that that just live very different lives, and I, I yeah. think I think it's that's maybe the more difficult part sometimes uh, is the assumption that everybody has the same yeah. worldview or you know has the same experiences that maybe we do, and they don't. Yeah, they haven't experienced. They haven't. They've never met someone who's who's part of the LGBT community, and because of that, there's fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's people there's white people that's never met a black person. Yeah. You know, and so there's fear. You know, just that ignorance that comes into play there. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent too, but no, you're good. So I'm just thinking about you start having having this realization, the dawn of awareness yeah. of who you are, and, and it, man, that's thirteen, fourteen, yeah, seven years of. Trying to figure stuff out, yeah. What is going on with, with you know? Yeah, yeah. What, what is this? Yeah. At what point, I mean, there had to be some point, I, I would I would think, and, and I'm assuming, but I would think some at some point in high school where you're like, that's what this is. So actually, I for me, that point did not come until that moment of Ball State. Interesting. Like where I went and I was in a room full of other LGBTQ people. I was like... Oh yeah, these are my people. Yeah. Like this is where I belong. Um and I think part of it part of it was because like so earlier before I think you started recording or maybe you tricked me and you started recording right away like you have done with other people. Yeah, who knows? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um you ta- you said something about shame and I think one thing if I could get rid of something in culture particularly Western American culture, I would get rid of shame because I think shame doesn't do any good for anybody. Like, because I feel like particularly LGBTQ kids right now, like they're still, I mean, it was, it was hard for me to come out in 95. It wasn't anything compared to somebody coming out in the sixties coming out earlier than that. I mean, it was hard. Like, yeah. I had oh my one. My God, there were laws against it. For yeah, per- I mean, I had one friend, one person that I can remember. That when I told them that I was a lesbian, they were like, "Okay." That was Meredith. I mean, Meredith and I have been friends forever. Mm-hmm. But one friend that was like, "Cool, well, like whatever. Like we're just right. gonna roll with it. Let's figure it out." Like I got you. Like I, you know, literally every other person had something to say about it, like Mm. negative. And so like, I think that one thing that I would like to bring to 
the next generation of LGBTQ people is like that you don't have to feel any shame. Like even if somebody tells you you that you should be ashamed of who you are, you you do not have to be ashamed of who you are. Like in that sense, I'm I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, I was just talking to my cousin Angie Toby, who was mm-hmm. uh, who was adopted and. Yeah. Uh, on that podcast, when we were talking about shame uh, and, and how it, there is a healthy side of shame yeah. when you're doing something really dumb, yeah. not about who you are as a person and then that acceptance. But when w- shame works, when you have put yourself in peril, I think shame works if it's accompanied with empathy from the person who there is. There you go. And that's and, that's the context she yeah. and I were talking about. Is that yeah. family? you know, support system. And we have a a, a great extended family and and a close family. And there, there were times I needed shame because I was making some really, but not the sort of public shame that we, that we use constantly in American culture, like cancel culture, public shame doesn't do any good. Yeah. Like that sort of thing where like you are shaming somebody to the point that they can't get out from under that. Yes. And, and like, like you want to leave room for somebody to create a new person of who they are. Like yes. if you're going to correct somebody, like you need to do it in such a way that they have a way to get out and, and figure out who they are. They should be with instead. support and, mm-hmm. and yeah. empathy. Yeah. Care, love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just remember one of the things that happened the summer that I came out was like people at church would like a not like randomly hand me like alter like the you know the offering envelopes that where they'd written like all the scriptures about why you shouldn't be gay or like that is not helpful because i have sat in this church my whole i mean i i became a christian when i was five like i have a tattoo of the day that i became a christian i was five and i know i've read the bible many times like I don't need somebody shaming me in that way because I already know that. Like I, I've already read it. I've already like, and so like, that's the sort of thing. Like, I don't want people doing that to the next generation of kids. Like if you, if you think they're doing something inherently wrong, like cool, like think that, but that also brings me to kind of like the second thing that's a huge thing in my life is and it goes back to what you were talking about. Like a lot of people have never met somebody who is part of the LGBT community. Mm. I would argue that people have, they just didn't know it. There you go. But I think, um, a huge, so one of the ways that I, I interact with people pretty much on a daily basis is I really try to come at almost every interaction with curiosity. Mm. And I think if we just approach each other with curiosity empathy, kindness, and love, like so many of our social problems would just go away. If you're just asking people, Hey, like, what's your out story? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah like, I mean, right? cause that's that, that never bothers me. Yeah. Like if people ask, because like you're asking with a genuine curiosity, like, Hey, can you tell me right. your story? Yeah. I can tell you my story. It's almost it, just, I'm going to verbalize what I'm thinking. Uh, because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you meet you? Yeah. You know? How did yeah. you meet someone and you would you would feel comfortable asking someone, "Hey, how did you and how did me and Jennifer meet?" Yeah. You know, how 
how did you meet yourself? And I think about that with myself. Yeah. I mean, boy, I've wrestled with trying to figure out who I am and, you know, what, what am I doing? And I, I told Jennifer last year, Scott version 6.73 uh, is, is going to be a great one. Yeah. You know, this, this version of me that is uh, out of the school systems and um, working back in sales and doing a podcast and um, getting a, getting a no yeah. Corby. Like yeah. when, when have we ever sat down and talked? I, I don't think ever, honestly. Right. Like, I mean, we always knew each other, Yeah. but I don't think we've ever. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. And, and I've, I've learned so much through these conversations about people and about myself more than anything. And I've always told my students, we learn so much about us yeah. when we ask questions of others. Yeah. It opens our eyes and, and it allows us to explore a part of ourselves that we didn't know existed. Yeah. And, and as you were telling your story, you didn't know how to label it. Yeah. You knew there was something different. Yeah. It wasn't an air quotes norm. Yeah. And, but there was nothing in your sphere of existence that labeled that as, as lesbian. Yeah. Until 21 in college. Yeah. Interesting. And I, well, and it's weird too, because like I had cousins who were men who were gay that were just like, I mean, my cousin Gary would always bring his boyfriend or his partner or whoever to, and and it was like on my dad's side of the family it was fine like I had a cousin on my mom's side of the family that was gay as well and ironically this is super fun I found out that I had a cousin that I didn't know I had like she found us through ancestry super big lesbian she's like my mom's age so she's well she's a little bit younger than my mom but she was a bartender at one of the big gay bars in Indianapolis and my cousin who was her half-brother would go in there all the time. They knew each other. They had no idea they were siblings. Both gay. What? They. She was like, she found us on Ancestry. So she was like a, maybe adopted or something? So or? she, Yeah, so my uncle, um, yeah, my, my uncle was her dad, but she was like, he never like stayed with okay, her. Gotcha. Like it was, you know, she was like yeah. a surprise. Yeah. And... So then she looked us up on it and found us on Ancestry because my brother put his DNA on there. And so she found us and she knew our her bro half brother and had no idea. And they're both gay. So I'm like, we have a lot of like fruits in our family tree, so to speak. So interesting. I can say that because I'm gay. We have fruits can't, in our family tree. You can't say that, I but can't I can say, say that. that. I have no. fruits in my family tree. Okay, you Is do. Okay? You'll have to clear that with your brother. Okay. Well, <laughs> so uh, yeah. you were talking about your nose ring earlier. I'm going to talk about Jocelyn for a minute. So when she came home with her nose ring, uh, Jennifer would make her put it up so oh, yeah. she couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. That was totally a thing my mom did too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. The tattoos started happening too with, with both our girls. And yeah. I'm like, it's a different world than what it yeah. was in 1986 when my brother got his tattoo and we were like, Oh God is, you know, yeah, he's going to hell. Surely, yeah. surely he's desecrated himself in some way that is <laughs> unrecoverable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like my mom probably thought that too, because I ha I got my first tattoo when I was twenty one too. Man, Same summer, just, like I came out, got a tattoo, God. got my nose pierced. What is happening with my child that right now? Sounds very familiar. Right, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> well, I'll let yeah. her tell her story too. It's not my job yeah. to tell other people's stories, but no, I but, love uh, it. So, love so it. here we are, twenty one, and and I'm thinking about 1995. Yeah. Uh, my brother came out to me in uh, 2002, and boy, that's a gap there too. I mean, that's yeah. that's a long ways in between. Uh, that's seven years. There's a lot of things yeah. going on to you know to progress that's happening, uh, but still, even 2002. Yeah. It was a very tight time and a very difficult time for someone to come out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I almost feel like you guys weren't the pioneer group, but you were the, you ever seen the video of the guy that's dancing on the hill? He's a lone guy dancing on the hill. I used to show this for PD and he's that, that lone nut that is out there just dancing at the, at the concert. And, yes. And, yes. You know, until another guy joins in and starts dancing and is crazy too. And then the next thing you know, there's four yeah. and then eight and then 16 and then everybody's dancing and nobody's crazy anymore. It's just, yeah. you know, a bunch of people having fun. Yeah. And I almost feel like that going back to the stone, uh, the stonewall era of, of, uh, LGBTQ, which would not have ever been that many letters uh yeah <laughs> it had been gay and less maybe just gay at that point yeah lesbian i'm sure was a term uh and I, i'm just there's part of me that's still just joking around no here. i get you oh yeah you know I told, yeah no i feel you um so you've got and they're not even pioneers yeah you know you got to go way back yeah a long time generations well if you go back far enough like Oscar Wilde, of course, got put in a work camp, that yeah. sort of thing. Like, so if you go back that far, it's it's bad. If you go forward a little bit in history, it's not so bad. And then after um, McCarthyism, the Lavender Scare, like all, mm -hmm. then it's bad again. Yeah. Like, so there are like hot spots where if yeah. you were there, you're like, yeah, wait, sweet, I, you know, I'm in the good spot. Like, <laughs> um. I was, I was actually reading a story, a, a, an article, a couple, I don't know, it was maybe two years ago. So here's a cool thing that happened. When I taught at Burris before, I had this group of like eight kids who were like, hey, Corby, we want to start a GSA. Uh, it, then it was Gay Straight Alliance. Yep. Now it's Gender and Sexuality Alliance. Okay. So they wanted to start one. And I was like, let's get permission. So go to the principal. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. He was a great guy. He was like yeah. one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. He was like, I don't know about this. So I go to the assistant principal and she's like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, okay, you got to tell dad, like, <laughs> you know? So then they, they decide it's okay. So we start this thing and it turns into this cool, like those kids still, like they message each other. Yeah. Like we're all friends on Instagram, Facebook, like we talk, um, a few years ago, there were some things that were happening at Burris that they were very frustrated by. So they put together a letter, had me look it over, sent it in, like very respectful. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it's a good group of kids. Um, I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. Um, it had to do with Stonewall, Pioneers. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. That's it happens right. to me all the time. You know, I'm just thinking about how... Um we have come to a place where I think about the kids today, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as a social studies teacher, eighth grade, yeah. you know, we're talking about, uh, us history to, um, 
reconstruction and uh, so racism is a big point of view and it's it's typically something that's talked a lot about in seventh and eighth grade and um you know just along the lines of that you know students are are pretty cool with one another um along the lines that like they racism is not cool kids yeah. these days yeah like they're nope and uh i was having a conversation with with a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about just the language that was thrown around and it still is yeah but the frequency um that the n-word or um queer or yeah. something else you know is uh is, is used is not like i remember it yeah i feel like people are starting to go why why yeah. why attach stigma yeah why are we doing that to another human being yeah. and this group of kids this generation of kids have compassion yeah i don't know how else to put i think it's the best way to put it yeah they have compassion for one another and and i think as educators i feel responsible for that you know and yeah you certainly have had a huge impact on it as well and i'm thankful that we get to move the bar you know that yeah. we get to move the bar and you were talking earlier about your mom and her her inability to to accept yeah i think is probably where you were going there and yeah. i don't want to put words in your mouth no yeah initially absolutely and and, and i i'm looking at my mom behind you and, and i'm thinking about um my brother came out and like i said i don't want to tell a story but he would confirm her first words to you oh joe it's, it's been really hot yeah he thinks just the weather yeah <laughs> yep. and I, it's a generational i i think about generational culture yeah and um because I, I didn't think of my parents as racist but they utilize they use the n-word on a fairly regular basis till I was 16, you know, and then we, we watch all the LA riots that were happening and, yeah. you know, just Rodney King. And, uh, there was a big cultural shift Yeah, uh, for us in a time when, when we felt like we're next, it's time for us to step up. And, and I think that not only happened, you know, racial culture, but I think, uh, for, for the gay and lesbian culture as well, just having compassion for a fellow human being and at 16 looking at my, my mom and saying i don't want to hear that word anymore yeah and having that courage to say that and i'm watching these kids that have a next level of courage they're saying it to their peers yeah where i don't know that i had the courage at that age to tell my peers that's not cool i'm not down with that yeah and that's how i felt but I was you know, afraid to be outed yeah. of the group, or, yeah. you know, the cool kids. Yeah. And um, I think about my courage now where I have no problem shutting that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think part of it for the kids now is there are enough teachers who will support them yeah. in shutting that down. Yeah. Like I think about us when we were in high school, if if we would have... Um, and I'm thinking about all the other people in our class and the classes around us that have come out since we got out of high school. If 
they would have said something like that to their peers, would the teachers have supported them in saying that? Or would they have also joined in with their peers who were making fun? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of really specific situations that I was part of where I watched the teachers also say things, not in a, not in a high school mean kid way, but say things that made that be okay for us to do when we were in high school. Yeah. Um, well, just to, the, to make fun, the, like the silence of it, of, yeah. of not reacting yeah, is, is permission. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think that, I think curiosity, courage, um, you know, the ability to have empathy, like all those things work together in the, the adults that are our are, and I'm not, I'm not doing the whole generational, like we're better than others, but like, no, yeah. I feel like in a weird way, like Gen Xers have this weird, like, cause we're sandwiched between two of the biggest generations and yeah. we're real small. Like, I feel like we have a really good way of empowering the, the kids who are in the next, next generation yeah, to be better than we were like, and we were pretty good. Like there, we did a lot wrong, but like there was a lot that we did right. Right. Like the, like you were just saying with the LA riots, like recognizing, oh my gosh, we can't act this way anymore. This, we've got to figure something out. Right. We got to be better. And then helping instill that in yeah. the kids who are like in middle school, high school, those grades now, like, I mean, my kids have no problem coming to me and saying, um, so-and-so misgendered me. Could you please help me talk to them about it? Yeah. Right. hundred percent. I will. And the courage yeah. it takes. Yeah. It, and I don't even know if it's the courage it would have taken us. Yeah. For them, it's, it's okay to, to like self-advocate. Yeah. Where I don't know that I felt as a child that I was okay to self-advocate, mm -mm. you know? No. And I'm thinking it's the small things like I broke my finger in, in an eighth grade football game. I didn't come out of the game. Yeah. I had a finger laying across my hand and Coach Sutton ripping me in the huddle. Yeah. For crying. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't okay to self-advocate. No. No. You know? And Jamie Whittig punched me in the face one day because I kept rubbing his back tire. We were riding. <laughs> the, the things that come in my mind, Corby. But I'm rubbing his back tire. We're riding through the woods back behind the Little League. And he's like, dude, you better quit it. <laughs> If you don't quit, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna punch you in the face. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, oh you know. Right. And I kept doing it, kept doing it. He said, dude, I ain't playing. And ho oh, oh, ho. He throws his bike down and punches me right in the mouth. And I was like, holy crap, that just happened. You're like, I guess he meant it. <laughs> and I remember, you know, there were a couple other guys with us and they're like, oh, what's gonna happen now? And I just started, I, I remember being in shock. And then laughing because I deserved it and because I'm in shock and I'm like, this is my friend. I don't want to get in a fight over rubbing his back tire. And I'm, part of me was like, damn, he hit me in the face. He'll probably do it again. Yeah. So why don't I just laugh this off and we keep being friends. And so when I get home, I've got a black eye and a bloody nose and a bloody lip and like he hit me hard, man. That guy could hit like a ton of bricks. And my dad's like, what the hell happened to you? And I'm like, ah, you know, Jamie hit me in the face. He goes, what'd you do about it? So 
I laughed about it. And he goes, oh, I don't think I'll ever understand you. <laughs> you know, that was my dad. He yeah. was a fighter. He no, was like, why didn't you hit him back? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. It's not who I am. Yeah. I'm just not looking. I'm, I'll, I will talk you into a hole and that's my gig. Yeah. I will laugh at you and, or I'll laugh about it and make it feel like it's about you. Like I didn't know, I didn't like fighting. What yeah. what I was good at. Yeah. I was good at a lot of things, but not that, but I wasn't going to self advocate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But our kids now they're comfortable with that. Yeah. And I'm glad about it. I am too. Because there are so many things that our kids protect themselves from that we just let happen to us. Right. And they're like, absolutely not. We've heard enough horror stories. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it too. Hearing horror stories of, um, and it came out in the Hal Bowman episode, which I yeah. had to go re-listen to because I, I read your post, your edit. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell did I say? What did I miss? And then I'm like, oh, we just didn't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you're, you're I didn't good. Do anything yeah. wrong. I just didn't talk nope. about it. It wasn't, it wasn't part of our conversation. But I was I re-listened to that today. And as I'm listening to it, I was thinking about, I lost my train of thought here a little bit, but um, where was I at? Our trains are old, man. It's old. This is you old. lost your train. I lost my train. We're good to go. I feel like. You were talking about self-advocacy and um, hearing uh, horror stories about things and. But yeah, anyway, during yeah. that episode, it comes up, and if you want to hear more about it, listen to The Schick Show, <laughs> episode with Hal Bubba, Deets Like a Rockstar. That's awesome. <laughs> so the thing, I want to say the reason that I, um, I would love to see the statistics that match the, the studies that he was talking about with boys, because I do think that's a huge problem. I don't want, yeah. you, I don't want you to think I don't think that's a yeah. problem, especially black oh. and Latina boys. Um, oh. or Latina boys, because those two groups are so disserved by education right yeah. now. Um, it's unreal to me. So I don't want you to hear, but I would also love to see a study that has trans and non-binary kids as yeah. a group, because I bet they are close to boys and they're like in the disservice that we're doing to them in education yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't want anybody to, I, like, I don't, like, I loved how he said, like, I don't want women not to have right. girls to have the things they have. But, like, now we've got to figure out how to also help boys. That's get, where I was going you know, with that was yeah. that there, we've, we've advocated to the point for, for girls and women uh, to, to rise, you know, raise that, that yeah. ship. And in doing so, we haven't, we haven't, unfloated someone else's ship. Yeah. But I think what's happened is we have, um, we have shed a light in that shadow mm -hmm. of title nine ship. It's cast a shadow on man. Look at what we did when there's support for them. Yeah. Imagine what we can do when there's support for all. Yeah. And everyone has an advocate. Yeah. That is, pushing initiatives for them yeah. uh and and rightfully so you know i, I want to make sure and this this is where it was eventually going that my daughters know that it's not okay for them to feel like they just have to be the 50s wife yeah 
I want them to be strong women that are ready to say, here's who I am and not have to wait until yeah. 21 or whatever. And, and part of that's just growth, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. God had taken me, I'm 49 and still don't know how to say, here's who I am. Yeah. I do it. I I do have the chick show, I guess, but <laughs> you know, I want, I want people to realize, man, put yourself out there now and we're going to take some hits. Yeah. You know, there's going to be hits along the way, but at the same time, that's part of the growth process too. And being, having, having that pass to self-advocate is huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I, I felt so pressured to go to college coming out of high school but I didn't have a model for that. Yeah. I didn't have anyone in my family that had gone to college and been successful yeah. because of their college degree. And, uh, and it wasn't until I saw my own wife having success with, with her college degree where I was like, dang, yeah, you know, maybe I should try that whole, you know, self-improvement thing and, yeah. you know, trying to push myself forward and, and feeling confident enough to, <laughs> to get that next level piece. And, and and I think that's that's what we're saying through this whole thing is that's what ends up happening yeah. when when we advocate for others, when we allow others to have that space yeah. to exist in in their their um their real self, their authentic self, then all of a sudden you take away so many barriers. I was 36 when I finally had the courage to go back to school. Yeah. Boy, what not that I would change anything in that 18 years because it all led to, to this, but, uh, and with all the wealth I'm creating from my Spotify ad yeah. on some of these, that's pennies. Mm. Well, this one's going to, this one's uh, going to get you some money, man, just but you got to split it with, no, I'm just I don't kidding. have any ads anymore. I don't qualify <laughs> for ads. They changed the criteria, uh, which I'm done with ads, but anyway, um, but no, for real, like, uh, we're, we're so on the same page and we, we get to see, you know, you continue to see junior high students who are figuring it out. Yeah. And boy, to have have you there for them in that space, um, not just for the LGBTQ plus kids, but for all of them. Yeah. To have someone that they're like, boy, this is someone I can look to and say, they've got courage. Yeah. They they know who they are, and they're willing to be here for me. That's so huge. Yeah. So it's part of why I wanted to have you in and, and just talk to you. And I know when I talked to you over at Muncie, what, a month ago, a month yeah, and a half ago? Yeah. And you're like, what do you want to talk about? I said, oh, <laughs> wait and see. I know. I was like, I'll do, I'll talk about whatever. Like I, <laughs> I'm literally one of those, like even my students, when they ask me real off the wall questions, I'm just like, you ask me, I'll answer you. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna like try to pretend like I don't know. If it's something super sensitive, I don't want to say in front of the whole class, right. like stick around after class and we can talk about something. Like, I just think that, like, I don't, I don't like to live life scared. Um, and if you know anything about Enneagrams, I'm an Enneagram four, so I don't was, like to be inauthentic. So I always try to be very authentic. What is so, Enneagram? It's this really cool, um, personality, like it, it kind of is a personality, um, tool, and it's numbers one through nine. And it's based on like what your, what are your core motivations and what are your core fears? Okay. So like a four, which is what I am. Our, my core motivation is to be seen as authentic 
and as, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the other word, authentic. And then my core fear is to be seen as inauthentic or um, unable to like access my emotions and stuff. So like, like it's weird because I just found this tool like maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really cool way to like think about how you react and interact with other people. You share that with um, your students? I do. We Good. just, we actually just, I love that stuff. Two day, last week we did our Enneagrams and there's a really cool website that talks about middle school students and how they can use that Enneagram to like advocate for themselves with their teacher. So like if your teacher teaches one way and you're like a different a different way of processing and you need it to be told to you a different way. You can just say, Hey, like, and it even like gives them a phrase to advocate for themselves. Like, Oh, I need you to talk um, about more emotions when you talk about like, can you tell me on an emotional level how that works or whatever? So, so yeah, it's pretty cool. But like authenticity is huge to me. Yeah. Um, And, and so I try really hard to like live my life in a way that my students feel empowered by the choices that they see me make. Um, and I, and I talk very frankly with them about it too. Um, well, if you didn't, they'd see right through it. Yeah. Which is part of what I appreciate about that conversation so much, um, that you had with, with um, Hal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think like, so the other day they were talking about, they asked me, they're like, you don't ever yell at us. (laughs) And I was like, no, why do I need, why would I need to? Yeah. I'm like, and I go, I, it bothers me when teachers ask students to do things that they're not willing to do. So like, if I want you to behave a certain way, but I treat you differently than I'm asking you to behave, it's not fruitful for either of us. Right. So I don't want you guys to yell at each other. I'm not going to yell at you. Right. Like I'm trying to model what I want for, you know? Right. And so I think living authentically is part of that for me. Um, and it has been really, um, like, honestly, since about, I would say about 2005, like, cause I kind of went back in the closet I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And then like, once I, like, I realized that was messed up. I was like, this is messed up. I cannot do this. Like, I've never looked back. Yeah. I'm just like, there's no point for me, but I fully understand why other people choose to stay in the closet or choose not to be super loud about who they are. Like, there's a lot you can still lose, even in 2023. That just brought up about 45 questions. Um, One of them was, um, having having said that we we have people that are still living in the closet, Mm -hmm. what is is something, is, is there something you could share that could possibly give someone hope? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say the courage to out themselves because maybe they want to be in the closet. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've always always thought it interesting um, when we when we judge without all the information yeah. about someone's situation. Um, you know, there's so many different uh, lifestyles out there, yeah. and some folks prefer to live in the closet. For whatever reason, maybe it's maybe it's a healthy reason. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. I can't imagine it being one. Yeah. But I've never had to out myself either. So is there something, is there some sort of support or hope or something that you're aware of 
that we can share with someone, you know, even if it's just one person, Corby. I, I, yeah. So I, I think, um, just knowing, like, so I think there are people who think they're the only one. And I think just knowing that there are other people out there like you, like other people who also, for whatever reason, have to be in the closet. Like there are other people out there that are also doing that. So, so I mentioned, like, I have one giant foot in the Christian world and one giant foot in the queer world and they don't always get along. And so I think especially for a lot of my friends who also are part of both of those, um, that just knowing, because a lot, I feel like jobs and faith are a lot of the reason that people don't come out. Mm. Um, so for example, um, I have a few friends that I went to seminary with who are part of the LGBTQ community who have never come out and they can't because they work in churches mm -hmm. where they can't. And so like a couple of them have very healthy relationships even that just nobody knows about because that's how they have to live. Um, and so like, I, f I feel like, they know they're not alone because they know like, here I am, here are some of the other people that we went to seminary with that, mm -hmm. you know, are, are out and love them and, and want to, you know, support them or whatever. But I think for other people, like just, just finding one safe person, like that isn't going to judge you, that isn't going to like report you. I say that in air quotes again, like to your job or whatever. Um, I just, I, I think that that's the sense of hope is that there is a whole community of people who want to love you, who want to support you, who want to see you succeed. Um, you know, I, I tell my students that all the time, like you just need one advocate that's there for you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I mean, there's a reason why the suicide rate is so high, why the drug abuse rate is so high, the alcoholism rate is so high in the LGBTQ community. Cause it's hard. Right. Even in 2023, it's hard. Right. Like there, there's a lot. People make assumptions. Like, I mean, like I haven't seen it lately, but you've talked a couple of times in your podcast about the Hartford city happenings page, like a couple of times, not recently, thank goodness. But I've seen people say some really horrible things about LGBTQ people on, on there. Like it's a Hartford city happenings. How is that a happening? <laughs> it's not a happening. Right. Like we exist. It's like the old, like stonewall chant. Like we're here, we're queer, get used to it. <laughs> like it's been forever. We are still here. We are right. still queer. Like it is 2023. Right. Get used to it. It's so right. frustrating. I, I've, I've always, um, <laughs> I've just had the go-to that, and it's an easy go-to. I don't, I just don't know how your lifestyle affects my lifestyle. Yeah. My neighbors, yeah. they live right next door to me. Yeah. Their, their lifestyle doesn't affect mine. I'm sure Jennifer and I do and sitting out in the hot tub, you know, blaring music on the Alexa yeah. and, you know, yeah. having a drink and we got our patio lights on and I'm singing or something. I'm sure that affects our neighbors. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I think the pro I think the problem is exactly what we talked about like a, a while ago. That when we don't know things, we make things up. Sure. And so instead of approaching a situation with curiosity, 
and saying, oh, like, I mean, like one of the things, so my wife still lives in Minnesota. And one of the things we do every Sunday is we text each other how church went. <laughs> like people would never know that. Yeah. Like, because they would, you know, I mean, people that know us know that, but yeah. like you would never make that assumption or, you know, like other other Christian people that I hang out with would not make that assumption. They would assume whatever they don't know about me because they haven't asked. Right. Um, and so I think not just Christian people, I'm kind of throwing them under the bus. Right. Because we kind of suck sometimes, but... Well, it's the default. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think just that, that you don't know your neighbors well enough anymore to know what their story is. Yeah. To know who they are. So you just make something up. And because of all, like, because of what kept me from having a name for who I was in high school, like, we just assumed the worst, because we all had that one PE teacher, you know? Right. Like, and so we just assume, right? like, that's what happened, or we all had that one whatever teacher, this is what they did, so I'm just going to put on this other person without, because I didn't ask them. I, I wasn't curious about who they are. I have a story. I match the story to them. It's almost the opposite of ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because ignorance just creates this, it manifests this yeah. uh, uh, narrative that, oh God, well, this is what must be happening. Because, yeah. well, I knew, I heard, I saw it on Facebook, um, on Harford City Happenings, that that was happening that one. Remember? Yeah. You saw it too. I saw you, you posted on there. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. You know? And Hal was talking about this with the teachers that, yeah, boy, that empathy, just feeds. that yep. negative uh, empathy of, oh, this must be, must be what's going on because I, I saw them down there. And that yeah. creates something <clears throat> that just doesn't exist. And yeah. boy, if we can find just one more. And, and I always thought as a teacher, if I could just reach one kid this year, if I could reach one kid, if I can move one kid forward yeah. uh, and, and help them find that thing, that it that changes their life path you know, that, that they discovered, not that I showed them or yeah. pushed them into that they discovered in some way or got interested in that they had no idea. Uh, boy, how, how exciting is that? And, yeah. you know, I, I, it kind of leads me back. I was, I was always interested in mechanics and stuff like that. And I took a, um, um, a mechanics class my freshman year and, you know, there were some there were some rough cats in that class. It was it was not an academic and yep. air quotes are happening really strong right now. Right. But there were not kids in there for the most part that were going off to to uh, Rose Holman. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of my partners, uh, man, John Coulter. Yeah. Uh, I'll name drop. Uh, John Coulter was in there. He was my partner. We were building a uh, five horse Tecumseh engine, and. I'll never forget this. And, and it was one of those moments where it was like, dang, I can, I can actually do something, you know? And we built our five horse engine. Everybody else got there started and we're pulling. Oh no. We're pulling. Like our arms are sore. I'm getting mad. I'm getting frustrated. And John says, Shick, let's pray over it. Of course. And I kind of looked at him like, you're praying over it. Okay. And so we prayed over it. <laughs> I can't make this crap up. Next poll, engine fires. We get our A. That's awesome. 
let's pray over. And we did. We one knee, and I'm like, I'm following his lead, and I'm like, we tried everything else. <laughs> Prayer's got to work now, you know. Yep. But man, what else? Uh, oh, I, I want to ask you about your wife. Yeah. So you got married. When did you get married? Um, so we actually had a hand fasting ceremony in Scotland. What? So we went on vacation with our oldest son and his wife. And I was like, you know, cause I'd already asked her if, you know, if she wanted to get married and yes, that was the answer. So we go on this trip with our, our son and, and daughter-in-law and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see if this is a possibility. And so it was, so we were in Edinburgh and we had a hand fasting ceremony. It was awesome. It was great. And that was like good enough for us because it wasn't legal. Uh-huh. Like, Gay marriage wasn't yeah, yeah. legal in Indiana. Um, it wasn't legal in the U.S., whatever, and except for in certain when states. When was this? Oh, my God. I can always pause this and edit if I need to. <laughs> you don't need to. You, She knows I don't ever remember. But I do have it in a note, so I will remember this time. Listen, here's a secret. And I don't, I don't always drop secrets on here. But when I was talking to Scotty Winger um, about the Air Force Academy, we were talking about uh, being at the uh, um at the changing of the guard and yeah, yeah. playing a wreath i could neither one of us could remember kelsey mosley's name oh and so after yeah. we got done i said oh scott i'll, I'll go back and after we're all done kelsey's awesome. name pops out and i'm like crap i said don't worry man i'll go in i'll, I'll put this. kelsey's name in so kelsey if you're a listener and if someone out there knows kelsey um i, I did go in and edit Kelsey's name in, but it's seamless. So go back and listen to it and you awesome. you might doubt me. I won't doubt you. Okay. I don't doubt your powers. All right. Um, no. So that was in 2013. Okay. March of 2013. So I've got to ask, tell us about, uh, uh, what was it again? A hand? Hand fasting. So have you ever seen, um, oh my gosh, the Mel Gibson Scotland movies, a brave, yeah, yeah. brave heart where they, um, tie the ribbon around yep. their hands and yeah. So I go online and I look it up and I find this woman who is lovely and I cannot remember her name, but she and her husband wear their full Highland regalia. So like, he's got like the kilt that's like 800 yards of fabric. She's got her whole thing. She has this really great place picked out, um, at the base of Edinburgh castle. So we go, we start walking down there. Well, the night before it had snowed. This is in March. It snowed. It softened. So the castle is on this like mud rock thing. It had softened it and there was a landslide. So we couldn't go where she wanted to go. Um, so she's like, okay, we're going to go to this other place. So we walked to this other place. The other place is closed because the, the park is closed. So she's like, okay, let's go to this other place. So we start to walk to this other place. And she's like, oh my gosh, I think it might be closed too. And I was like, okay, what is that building over there? It's like got big pillars, kind of looks like the Chicago Art Institute, which is where we had one of our first dates. And I look at it and I was like, that kind of looks like the Chicago Art Institute. She goes, oh, that's the Edinburgh Art Institute. I was like, what? This is the place. That's so we cool. just stopped right there, did our thing. It was awesome. Um, they, she, We still have the ribbon that she tied our hands together with. And like it's, so it's basically like a wedding only instead of rings, you yeah. use a, a ribbon to tie yourselves together. That's awesome. So it was cool. But then two years later, we got officially married because that was the, the Supreme Court decision yep. um, had come through. And um, it had been it was voted in in Minnesota anyway. So it's it's legal in Minnesota by vote. So yep. even if the Supreme Court decision gets undone, 
our marriage is still legal because that's where we lived when we got married. So, gotcha. um, so yeah, so we, we have an official wedding, we have a hand fast wedding, which is why I can never remember which one is like, I can't remember the dates. So, well, yeah, it's, it's in, uh, perpetuity <laughs> 7th of March, <laughs> 2013, 25th of July, 2015. <laughs> I got them now. I just had to look it up. <laughs> there, there were, I think there was a few years where, uh, well, this year, Jennifer texted me like at, she was at work. It was late and she goes, oh, happy anniversary. And it was like five o'clock and I'm like, oh crap. Did she, I said, oh my God, I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome. 26 years of marital bliss right there, folks. I mean, yeah just our lot you know it's another day and we get to celebrate it any day we want yeah yeah like just eh, eh, moving on the calendar well and i feel like once you've been together for like 20 years like i mean it's great to celebrate i love celebrating everything i'm i celebrate literally everything like i don't care i love to celebrate but like like i feel like you can make celebrations about anything sure that you know any part of your relationship you could just be like let's celebrate that or Whatever. So, I mean, I, I do think it's important to celebrate our wedding, but I also am like, you know, yeah. if, if we forget, we forget. I sent Jennifer a, a, a message the other day. And I've gotten to the point where now I send video messages because, yeah. like, yeah, I'm just over texting, to be yeah. honest. Uh, I am probably one of the worst when it comes to replying to texts. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, I got to, and especially for work, I, mm-hmm. I do it for work. But I sent her a, a video message the other day. I was in the car, and I pulled up a video, and I said, "Hey, just want to thank you for helping me make the second best day of my life. The first one was the day we got married, but the second was making me a dad for the first time. So thanks. It was Addison's birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Just want to celebrate that with you real quick. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, yeah. good stuff. Well, man, what an yeah. interesting Scotland. Yeah. I So so my wife, her family is related to the St. Clairs. So have you seen the Da Vinci Code? Yeah. So the castle they go to at the end where the Holy Grail is supposedly buried, the Rosalind Castle, that's her family somehow. Really? Like somehow. So that's why we went there. And oh. Because my daughter-in-law did a study abroad in a little town near there. Okay. So it was like a whole, like we went to Glasgow, Inverness, and Edinburgh. On one of my other episodes, I did something where I compared the size of um, England. Yeah. And it's like the same size as the state of New York. Yeah. It's very similar, LA, New York, or not LA, but London, New York. And then just the state, the size of it, the the size. Mm -hmm. Do you know how big Ireland is? Or Scotland uh, is? I don't know how big Scotland is. Um, I know that it took us... So it's it's creepy because we drove from Glasgow to Inverness, and w- which is sort of by where Loch Ness is. Okay. And so I had to... I swam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's big air quotes. Rebecca, if you're listening to this, it's big air quotes because I did not swim, and I know you make fun of me for that all the time. <laughs> it was so cold. I was going to swim in Loch Ness. Oh, my gosh. And I like got in and I, it was so cold. I could not get back out because like my feet were frozen and I'm like, ha. Ah. So anyway, that was the whole thing. Um, so I have a picture of me in the water at Loch Ness, but it was too cold. 
Um, but it took us forever to get from Glasgow to Inverness because we went through the Highlands and it's like real curvy oh, and, sure. you know, mountainy. Yeah. And I've watched Highlander, so I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I mean, the old Highlander. Uh, the one that was like, I don't know. When we were in high school, that no, one. No, no. This is. <laughs> you have version. to watch the ones really? before high school. Oh, God. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch like it was I think it was my brother and I we were talking about um um Miami Vice the other day and how ridiculous yeah. Miami Vice is like yeah. 1980s Miami Vice. Yeah. And we thought that was the stuff, man. Right. You know, I mean that was the show. And to go back and watch it now, you're like, what in the hell? Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Do, did you ever watch Love Boat when you were little? Oh, absolutely. I challenge you. Oh, God. I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't think I can. I, I joke with one of my friends that the episodes with Charo should have tipped me off. <laughs> That's true. To who I was when I was little. Because <laughs> okay. those were always my favorites. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Wait, Charo close. played... One time I said to one of my friends, wait, she played the guitar? <laughs> But they were like, um, yes. And I was like, I know, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. That's so good. Yeah. Well, man, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. I've had an absolute blast. I, Likewise. I we should do it again sometime. 100%. About some other rando topic. Ran yeah. You did not just throw out rando. I did. I had a professor. Well, she wasn't a professor at Ball State. She was one of my psych and counseling. Yeah. Uh, she was... In her doctorate, I believe she had her master's in her doctorate, and she would always say "rando." I can't remember her name. Oh now. no! I hope that wasn't a bad memory. I'll take it back no, if it, it was. A great memory. Okay, cool. So we had our final, uh, like our final presentation, and I had just—I I was like one of the few people at Ball State because coming through Ivy Tech, we were always using some yeah. really. Um, Tammy Conwell did a great job of pushing us to Google. Yeah. Like I'm now using Microsoft 365. I'm lost. Yeah. I haven't used anything but Google since 2010. Yeah. So like 15, 13 years, all I've used is Google and now I'm using Microsoft again. I'm so lost. I'm sorry. I'm so, I know. Like, and I'm God, I hope, I hope people I work with don't listen all the time. But, <laughs> They, you could edit that part out. I don't know that they know how to share documents. Oh, yeah. So they can, you know, like work yeah. live together. Yeah. And and they're like, don't don't share that with me. Send Just send me the, send me your document. And I'm like, if I share it, we can kind of, ah, well, no. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's been a curve going yeah. back into the private sector. I, I really am enjoying my new position. Cool, and, I love that. And I get to see a lot of different schools yeah. and what they're doing in these different schools. I was, I was up at Warsaw today and uh, some of the cool things they're doing up in Warsaw and um, Muncie schools, the improvements that are being made in Muncie schools have been really, yeah. really awesome. But um, I can't remember where I was going with this whole thing. Uh, something about Google and, Oh, so I'm using a present. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to kick out my my final presentation, everybody else is still using PowerPoint and whatever. Yeah. But I'm pushing a Prezi out there, and this this uh, this instructor, because I think you would call her an instructor when she's not a professor or yeah. even a. I'm. It kind of depends. Like, it, 
Yeah. I, people go by whatever really yeah. these days. She was yeah. super cool and I really enjoyed her class and I got a lot from it. But as I do the present, you know how you can really zoom in and yeah. I was like going into people's pupils to, to go to the next talking point. And along the way, I had put in rando along the path. Nice. So every time it would go from, you know, this talking point and it would zoom in going on its direction to that next slide and you would see rando just like That's for, hilarious. A, for a brief second. Yeah. And we're about the third slide and I put one in every transition and I would put a little fact right after it. So it'd be like um, more people are killed by um, hippopotamus in, in Africa than any other animal. And that's what it would say. So it'd be like rando. And then it would, as it zoomed past, you'd see all this. Oh my gosh, a, that's awesome. A full slide of a bunch of words. That's awesome. And she finally sees rando and she goes, did you put rando between every slide? I said, yes. And she goes, is there, did I see a rant, like a, a bunch of writing? Are there random facts? Yes. She goes, oh, you got to show us all of them now. So like it became awesome. a whole thing where I had to go back through my Prezi awesome. and, yeah. and uh, throw it out there in it's like raw form, editable form and, to show all the random yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. She's like, that's good. That's good. And I'm like, yes. You know, You're like, thank a, you for not thinking I was being a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was cool. That, yeah. I love that. Uh, so it's one of those little things where as an older college student, uh, a non-traditional, yeah. I kind of had a leg up on some of the students who were traditional that yeah. maybe didn't have the, the uh, wherewithal or the courage, uh, cojones, to do something like that. Yeah. where I was like, screw it, man. I'm going to have fun with this. And yeah. um, one of my other, well, and who was, who was our friend? Um, he was my uh, 112 uh, English teacher at Ivy Tech and connected to you. Oh, I don't remember. I, I thought this, you were uh, the godmother of his, of his kid. Oh yeah. 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 What's his name? Ed. Ed. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That That's class, the kid that I had to get permission to call is, yeah. That guy changed my whole view on language arts. Yeah. I almost changed to a language arts major after his class. Oh, wow. That's I wanted cool. to make sure I brought that up today yeah. uh, because I so thoroughly enjoyed that class, like changed everything about I'm getting chills thinking That's about cool. it. That's cool. I love that. I absolutely loved it. And and I took a lot of the things that, that he did into the classroom yeah. to hopefully get kids excited about uh, but it was all gothic horror fiction, yeah, yeah. short stories. Uh, it just, it, it resonated with me. And I was so glad I, I, I transferred into his class. I dropped another and got to another uh, because I realized the other guy's class I was in, yeah. it was not going to go well. Oh no. I, it yeah. just didn't feel good. You know, you've been mm -hmm. there. Yeah. It did not feel like I'm going to enjoy this class. This is going to be bad. And I've had so many bad experiences in language arts uh, because yeah. I just, I'm not a technical person. Yeah. You know, I, I think I can start a, a sentence with and. Yeah, you uh, can. Just because it happened <laughs> 300 years ago and they made that rule. Right. Uh, you know, we've changed some things since yeah. then. Uh, <laughs> but getting into, into Ed's class changed everything for me yeah. and I absolutely loved it so i want to make sure i put that out there uh just in case cool. he, he ends up listening but i like uh, it i appreciated him and and it probably changed 
a lot about me as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It was just cool. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. We always had grand discussions in my in my social studies class. Yeah. We'd have face-offs and a lot of fun stuff. That's cool. But, uh, a lot of that I credit to Ed. So, hey. Nice. Yeah. That's all I got. Good deal. What else? Anything? I don't really have anything. Just uh, curiosity. Know. Yeah. Be curious about people. Yeah. Hear their stories. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. That's one of the things. That's actually one of the things that I like about your podcast is it feels like you're just hearing a bunch of people's stories. And I think that's the key to changing the world is curiosity about other people's stories. Yeah. Like that's how the world's going to change. If we just start listening to each other. Um, I agree. I mean, a lot of the greatest people ask more questions than they do giving advice or, you know, ask questions and listen to what people say to you. That's, that's yeah. what I want. I could, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I have, my my bible yeah this is my make, make it, happen it happen book and um I, I carried this around with me for for quite a while and you know i got different things going on in it and um i'm about halfway halfway through it and i i actually stopped putting my ideas in it um for whatever reason yeah and because i've i've spent so much time trying to trying to create the podcast for one i'm looking for an artist yeah i'm looking for someone that can do some art i had someone that was going to um and and unfortunately he's he's dealing with some some cancer issues yeah. and it's affecting his hands oh that's and um man i was so excited to see what he come up with and we were friends like since we were probably seven eight years old yeah. and uh so unfortunately he's he's unable to do it but um, so if, if you know someone or yeah. somebody's listening, Hey, shoot me a message, uh, you know, at the real Mr. Schick at gmail.com or, you know, make, make a comment on, on the podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking for someone who wants to be creative and have some, um, creative license to it, whatever the show speaks to them about. That's what I want. I, I don't, I don't want to have to sit and explain here's what I want it to look like yeah. because it won't come out that way. It Are you won't. looking for art for each show or the whole podcast or a, like a variety or what I'm looking for right now is um, a logo, which you'll see right yeah. there. My brother-in-law created that uh, just from no. So the, um, the coaster. Oh, perfect. Yep. And take that with you. I think it's, is that a new That's one? Cool. Does it feel like it's a new one? It sure. should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, was, I, I think I just put it over there, but um, I'm just look, he created that from some stock images That's cool. and I had a bunch of them printed up, but I would like to have just an original art logo. And you see, I'm very eclectic in the yeah. things I like. Yeah. Um, but one of, one of my favorite pieces is this piece right next to you, the wire mask. That's super cool. Uh, that like, that's one of my favorite pieces I've, I've, I've got in here, including that's not the Bob Ross painting, the Bob Ross paintings downstairs, but including that, you yeah. know, just that is, is student created and it's raw. Yeah. And that's I like what it. I want. I want something raw that I don't have to sit here and stand over somebody and go, no, move it over. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. Well, I was asking because I have a few students who are, who are really good artists. And that might be kind of interesting. Yeah, if if they're yeah. interested, I had someone create a um, a digital image, but it was a Bob Ross podcaster. 
Mm, yeah. So, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little bit fearful of licensing. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if yeah. his likeness is very protected through uh, Bob Ross Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm fearful of using that, and it's not me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Just somebody to create something. Um. Yeah. Let me think about that. Yeah. So anyway, all right, people, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>